Welcome to the Ontario Animal Health Network podcast. This is the second in a series of podcasts brought to you by the Bee Expert Panel of the Ontario Animal Health Network, which is a dedicated group of specialists working in government, university, laboratory, and in beekeeping practice. This group meets regularly to discuss bee disease and health issues. It is the intent of this program to monitor and protect the health of bees in Ontario. My name is Wally Haddad. And in today's podcast, I will be interviewing Les Eccles, who is the Technology Transfer Program Lead with the Ontario Beekeepers Association. Les and his team of tech transfer specialists are very active members of Ontario's beekeeping industry. They conduct a lot of important research and provide training to both new and experienced beekeepers. Thank you very much for joining me today, Les. With my preamble out of the way, let's just get right into it. Ontario has the largest population of beekeepers in Canada. In 2016, Ontario had roughly 2,900 registered beekeepers. Many of these beekeepers have several years of experience, however, a large proportion of the beekeeping population in Ontario is fairly new to the industry. Given the pest and disease pressures facing the industry, what training resources does the Ontario Beekeepers Association offer to both new and experienced beekeepers, which will allow them to successfully manage their colonies? Yeah, thanks, Wally. Yeah, it is a very diverse uh, province, you know, not only do we have a, a large number of beekeepers uh, compared to all provinces across Canada, uh, but we also have a big variation even in, in size of, of the operations that manage. Um, you know, that we, we have beekeepers that have one or two colonies, and then we have another uh, group of beekeepers that have 100, 200, then another group, 1,000 or more, and then you get up higher than that even. And, and you really have to be able to identify and and adapt education to to all of those groups um, and they also manage bees in different provinces uh, different parts of the province different environments in the province that affect the, the management style so it's it, not only are there a lot of new beekeepers coming in um, but their interests are very very diverse so so all the workshops information uh, best management practices that we offer really uh, take into account that, that not everyone's going to keep bees the same way or for the same reasons. Um, and so, so a lot of our, our, our recommendations in our training is uh, it's harmonized to a certain extent, but a lot of the training is there to, to allow beekeepers to adapt that to their, their operations. So that's a really important uh, part of beekeeping in Ontario, and it really adds a, you know, a bit of a challenge to training. Um, uh, and, and definitely with the, the interest in bee, beekeeping in general, we've had a real influx of, of new beekeepers. So a lot of the time we're, we're, we're focused on training the new beekeepers with uh, introductory into beekeeping and, and just, yeah, understanding what the pest pressures are and that it's not, you know, as easy as they may think it is to keep bees. There's a lot to think about. Uh, in fact, often when we have new beekeepers taking courses, they they realize maybe it's it's not something they want to do um, just because they realize it's a lot more work than they realize. Um, on, on the other hand, uh, there's a lot of beekeepers uh, that have a lot of experience to get overlooked. So so it's not only the new beekeepers, but also you can't overlook the experienced beekeepers. You know, ones that have more years of, of experience, they often get overlooked just because they, they just kind of assume that they know how to take care of themselves. Um, so we have a dynamic um, education uh, knowledge transfer program that really looks at new beekeepers and experienced beekeepers. Uh, so for the new ones, you know, we have our introductory to beekeeping program. 
are introductory to integrated pest management, uh, basic biosecurity, and then just a lot of, of material and manuals um, that they have access to. Uh, and it's, it's very Ontario-based as well, so it's, it's adaptable to their, their conditions. Uh, and then uh, just uh, last year, uh, we had a project with the Ministry of Agriculture to develop online learning, and uh, they'll, they'll be launched uh, very shortly uh, for the first time. So, so that's kind of a new dynamic way of learning. Uh, not everyone can make it to workshops or maybe they want to take workshops in the off season. Most of our workshops are in the field, uh, in the summer between May and June. Uh, but sometimes beekeepers want some training in the winter when they have a little more time on their hands or, or maybe they just can't access, uh, the workshops on the spot. So, so the online learning really, uh, helps us, uh, to reach out a little bit further. Um, so our link with the ministry in that project was uh, pretty important. Uh, the other thing that's important for new beekeepers, I think they really need to 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 understand, is that they have a lot of resources in Ontario, uh, not only our tech transfer program, but the local associations. There's about 23 local associations in Ontario now, beekeeping associations, and uh, that's a great spot for new beekeepers to go uh, learn who around them are keeping bees, they can find mentors, and, and find where good training uh, can come from. Often they have speakers that come into those meetings, and uh, and they'll guide them towards the tech transfer program resources as well because they're more familiar with our program and uh, and where to get good good training. Um, so so those are really important uh, uh, resources as well. Um, when you get into, uh, we have, do have some specialty training uh, as well that for the more advanced uh, beekeepers and uh, pollination services has become very big in our industry. So we have workshops that are geared just to, to provide pollination services, which is a really different style of beekeeping. Uh, and once a, a, uh, an individual gets into beekeeping and they, they want to provide that service, they can get extra training to, to understand how to do that. Uh, and we also have advanced uh, integrated pest management workshops and our, our training to become a bee breeder. So so we actually have training in how to select for honeybee genetics that are resistant to pests and diseases and, uh, and and have a lot of the characteristics that are desirable for beekeepers. And and that's a, a part another big part of the Ontario Beekeepers Association and their Ontario Resistant Honeybee Selections program. So we'll we'll train beekeepers to become with that program once they get some experience and uh, if they have the interest in that. So we really have a, a real, um, a great introductory to beekeeping, but we don't just stop there with knowledge transfer. We ensure that even as they gain experience, they're able to access more information, become highly skilled beekeepers as well. I know that the OBA isn't the only organization that offers training to beekeepers, and I know that you had mentioned that the local associations are also offering some training as well. There are several other courses out there providing training to beekeepers in Ontario. However, without the presence of a certifying body, how can beekeepers be sure that they are accessing reliable information about beekeeping through these other courses? Yeah, that's a very um, big and, and current challenge for our industry is ensuring beekeepers get uh, correct information and correct tra training. Um, with all the great things that come along with Internet learning and YouTube learning, as we call it now, uh, there's a lot of information out there, but what, what makes it hard for the uh, the learners knowing if that information is good information or not. Often, I say one of my biggest jobs is correcting what people learn off of YouTube. 
um, because there is a lot of misinformation out there, or it's information that's relative uh, and more relevant to uh, other environments and other locations, and, and they don't actually work in Ontario. Um, or they're not even uh, allowed in Ontario if you get into treatments for certain pests and diseases. Uh, often we find beekeepers asking us questions about how to treat for a certain pest and disease uh, with a treatment that's not approved, and, and that can actually get them into quite a bit of trouble. So, so not having a national standard um, or even a local standard that's certifiable, uh, really the way we try to address that issue is just trying to make sure um, we're accessible and, and pointing them in the right direction uh, to get good information. Um, so it's uh, you know it's a, we, we find with new beekeepers it's it, there's a, an experienced beekeeper that at a meeting that said something really really important I thought uh, and uh, he said that you know the more you learn about beekeeping the more experience you get the the more you realize you don't know anything about beekeeping and you have a lot more to learn and there's only one beekeeper that knows everything and that's a first year beekeeper <laughs> and that's not to, to be a slight against new beekeepers because they bring a lot of passion to our industry and and, and we really need them uh, but we do find that first three years is often when a lot of the surprises come uh, to, to new beekeepers because they, they the, the first three years is often when you know they, they get their first colonies they're fairly clean and, and not, they haven't had time for pest buildup. But once they get past year two and three, that's when they really run into challenges and realize there's a lot more to beekeeping, especially when it comes to colony health. Um, and, uh, and, and so we have really good resources in Ontario, not just the, the workshops and courses, uh, out of our program at the, the tech transfer program, but also, uh, we work with our provincial apris, Paul Kozak. Um, to come up with the treatment recommendations that come out of the Ministry of Agriculture. And uh, there's a really good group, including yourself, Wally, that, that work with uh, our, our industry uh, to come up with good recommendations. So there's a lot of collaboration and, and, and attempt to make outreach to, to new beekeepers and get them current uh, information. Uh, and we also have a new program uh, offered in the province at Niagara College, and, uh, and that's a really good program as well for, for beekeepers that want to become commercial beekeepers and, and they need more than just a one or two day workshop. Uh, so that's a really important program coming out too. And, and unless you're from outside of Ontario, I don't think we always appreciate just how much information and resources we have in this province. Um, the, the key and the trick is often getting new beekeepers to know it's there and accessing it um, before they, they may get out and, and find information on the internet or uh, just misleading information on beekeeping in general uh, because we do have a ton of resources in, in Ontario and they go far and beyond really anywhere else in North America when it comes to beekeeping information. Thanks. I'm hoping to touch on those resources that we do have on our doorstep here. We have a lot of good research going on in Ontario, so hopefully in future podcast sessions we can interview some of those researchers and highlight some of their work as well. And just a final question for me here. Are there any big issues or concerns on the horizon that beekeepers should be made aware of? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it seems like every year we have big issues and they kind of rotate through. The big ones right now are uh, changes to uh, our antimicrobial use, so um, our use of antibiotics in our industry. Not all beekeepers use antibiotics. Uh, if you're an mechanic beekeeper, uh, you have to have different methods of, of managing bacterial diseases, but... 
Um, it is actually a pretty important treatment for industry, and the new uh, regulations coming through will affect how and 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 where and uh, our ability overall to to access antibiotics in how we use them. Uh, so, you know, it's an important uh, move uh, to reduce antibiotics overall in our livestock industry, um, but we're really going to have to learn how to adapt that to our beekeeping uh, industry. So so we're going to be working closely with with uh, the different bodies and stakeholders to try to make sure that works um, uh, for our industry because it, it does pose a, quite a biosecurity issue if we're not able to control those diseases uh, responsibly. And uh, in, in general, biosecurity is going to be and is a, uh, an important issue, just understanding how pests and diseases, viruses, how they spread around, whether it's on bees or equipment, um, just beekeepers moving from yard to yard. Uh, we've really started to, I think, just break the surface on understanding biosecurity and how, how much we can control pests and disease spread just by having a good biosecurity program in place. Uh, and then long term, I mean, varroa mites are, is always a big issue. It's been a big issue for at least 20 years now. And uh, although we have great recommendations on controlling varroa, monitoring, uh, controlling, treating, and, uh, and, and keeping uh, taps on, on that pest, it, uh, it still catches us off guard. We always learn something new about the pest, um, and it's, uh, we're always working to, to have better information and making sure that, that our number one pest, uh, varroa mite, is, is uh, controlled. And, and we're really probably the big uh, new thing with varroa mites is just understanding the long-term effect uh, varroa has on a colony once it does get out of control. It's not as simple as just controlling that pest uh, one time, dropping the levels, and then then the colony's healthy again. It can take a long time for a colony to recover, even with moderately high levels of varroa. Um, so really, we're looking at more longer-term strategies uh, to control varroa and not just looking at uh, specific uh, times of the season to monitor and treat, but really looking at the bigger picture. So those three uh, issues, I think, are, are really important. Um, and, and we're going to be working hard on those in the next uh, few years. Great. Thank you, Les. That was very informative, and I hope that our listeners can take away from this and take advantage of all the resources that we have in the province. For more information about the Ontario Animal Health Network, including additional podcasts and publications, please visit our website at owen.ca. That's spelled O-A-H-N dot C-A. Keep an eye out for our next B podcast featuring industry experts such as Paul Kelly, who is the Research and Apiary Manager of the Honeybee Research Centre at the University of Guelph, Miley Norden, who is the Coordinator and one of the professors in the Commercial Beekeeping Program at Niagara College, and Paul Kozak, Provincial Apiarist of Ontario. On behalf of the Ontario Animal Health Network, I would like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in.